Today on the show, we've got a local product here out of Idaho. He went to Mountain View High School, 5A Southern Idaho Conference Player of the Year when he was a senior, College of Idaho product, and now is playing basketball in New Orleans. You don't want to miss this episode. You're going to learn a lot about what it takes to compete at the next level of basketball. We're going to learn a lot of life lessons from the guy and everything. So if you're a coach, a player, a parent, or just anyone who's a casual fan, take notes and listen to this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boost! This is the Game Time Guru Podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you, as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you guys today for yet another interview where we're going to learn from our guest just about their journey uh, through the basketball world, through the sports world in general, the ups, downs, the life lessons that have been learned, and maybe hear a few things to get some advice for some of the younger athletes that are out there that are looking up to this guy. He's a local product here out of Idaho, and uh, we're excited to chat with him because a lot of the Idahoans know who he is. And now we're trying to see if we can get his name out there, um, not just in the country, but across the globe. So that's the whole goal today as I bring on Jalen Galloway. Jalen, thanks so much for joining the show, brother. Yeah, I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely, man. So I got I to gotta give credit where it's due real quick. So Coach Jeff Sainer, head coach of Meridian High School here in, he was on my show last year, but he's here out of the Valley in Idaho for those who are listening. Uh, they just won a state championship last year. Uh, and Coach Sainer, reaches out to me on Sunday, tells me I need to get Jalen on the show. And he wanted to make sure that uh, I ask you who he works out with when he's in town. So can you get can you tell us a little bit about Coach Jeff Sainer and the relationship there so I can give him some credit? <laughs> yeah, of course. So a couple, I believe, beginning of my sophomore year over at the College of Idaho, Coach Sainer kind of just hit me up over Instagram DMs really out of the blue and kind of offered to really like, like work out with them so i kind of progressively started working out with them more and then over this last summer and through covid really just kind of started working out with him a lot so yeah he's kind of been the primary trainer i guess throughout the last couple of years for me so very appreciative of what he's done for me that's dope there's there's kind of like this little running joke i'm, I'm glad to hear that because just this last week i was um texting him and a little friendly banter you know, I told him, I'm like, man, I'm waiting to do this three-point competition with you. I claim to be the best shooter out of Idaho. I still that self-proclaim, but I always keep saying that my whole life. And uh, he won't do it with me. Tell me this real quick, Jalen. How good is Jeff Sainer at shooting? Is he still pretty solid at his uh, age? He's really good. At the end of every workout, he uh, I he gets some shots up, and I rebound for him, and he does his thing. And to say the least, he uh, his misses don't go very far. Most of them, most of his stuff is buckets, so it's pretty easy to rebound for him. Okay, so that's not very promising for me. Who wants to do a three point shootout with him? But we'll see. I, I'll still keep calling him out, uh, so he'll stop running from me. But that's awesome, though. Coach Sainer, have to give him the uh, the credit he deserves. I was just reading that text message to make sure he gets that uh, shout out here on the show because he did, you know, re refer you to me. So refer me to you, I guess. I don't know how you want to say it. Now, Jalen, talking about your, your career, currently you're playing for, okay, 
is it the University of Loyola, New Orleans, or is it Loyola University of New Orleans? So yes, yeah, Loyola University of New Orleans. Okay, and tell us about that school. What it's you know where it is. Obviously, it's New Orleans, but like tell us uh, what conference and kind of what level of basketball it is, and what made your decision to go out there. Definitely. So it's Loyola University, New Orleans. It's in Uptown, New Orleans. Our campus is actually connected to Tulane. So Tulane kind of runs down the street, then there's a big fence, and then our campus starts. So you really kind of have to pay attention if you're not from around there, just kind of look at the signs and see whose campus is whose. So that's pretty cool. And they're in the Southern States Athletic Conference, which is primarily Alabama schools, Mississippi, Georgia, and then we're the lone school in Louisiana. So it's not really too far of a drive. And what kind of happened was, is I wanted to go play at a school down in Texas so I could be closer to my parents. And I kind of reached out to a bunch of D2s out there and a couple of D1s. And one of the D2s responded to me and they were kind of like, yeah, our returning foreman is coming back. We don't really have a spot for you. And then next thing I know, 20 minutes later, I get a call from Loyola. They're like, hey, our buddy over at this university just let us know about you. Uh, they offered me a scholarship right on the spot. So, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And what yeah. division is Loyola? They're NAI. So, NAI, is it the same? Is it NAI uh, Division One or NAI Division Two? Uh, it actually merged last year. Oh, did it merge? Okay, it merged. So, so yeah. So you're, you're, you're familiar with the NAIA scene basically. And we'll kind of get into that in just a second. Okay. So that makes sense. Now I get to that's, that actually is super good information. Now here's the thing I want to ask you about, cause Jalen, you're, you're six foot, you're listed at six, seven, two thirty. And when I've, anytime I've ever seen you at home court, like when I've actually been next to you, I'm like, man, dude, he's got the, the build of a tight end. You know what I mean? Like somebody who plays football or something and, your athleticism for that size is freakish. It's it's absurd to me that at that size you're able to to move and explode and shoot the way that you shoot. It's absolutely incredible. But growing up, did you play multiple sports or did you always focus on basketball? Because a lot of people always ask, like, why didn't he play football or something of that nature? Definitely. Uh, I played football growing up. Football is my favorite sport. I absolutely loved it and still is my favorite sport just better at basketball but my whole goal growing up was to play for Chris Peterson at Boise State you could ask my whole family I talk about it every day and then when he left when I was in middle school to UW that changed I I want to play for UW and play for Chris Peterson and then I think in my last year of Optimus football I had a helmet to helmet collision and it kind of messed up my spine a little bit and I had two doctors tell me yeah, if you take another hit like that, you could potentially be paralyzed. So really, I was like, well, probably should just focus on basketball. I was showing signs at the time that I was better at basketball. So it kind of just worked out. God's plan, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, he's always playing chess, not checkers. So he's always putting things in the right positions, whether it be through adversity like that. Like he, he knows what he's doing. He's putting you in the right positions, even if it might not seem like it at the time. But that's crazy. And Optimus football, huh? Like those are some of the best days of Optimus football is crazy. But like, I mean, to get an injury like that in Optimus football is actually kind of freaky uh, that that happened. But you know, going into the high school realm, that's when I first heard about you actually um, was in the high school realm because you were a pretty big name here in the Valley with the work you were putting in um, 5A Southern Idaho Conference Player of the Year, I believe your senior year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you were just dominating. 
And that's when I first caught wind of you. I want to know, Jalen, when when you were in high school, what was a normal day like for you, though? Did you what was like what was a, a workout for you like outside of just team practices to help you elevate your game to that next level? Normal workout day for me in high school was most mornings, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I would be in the gym before school, get there, shoots, probably 5.36 a.m. I'd work out with Jacob Bauer and Sammy Christensen, either in the weight room or I'd get on the court by myself. And then I'd go to school. And then after school, we'd either have practice or off the field. And then usually after that, I would go get more shots up or get another lift in. So I was working out till probably seven or eight o'clock at night and then go home, get my homework done, whatever else I needed to do. And then once I hit senior year, um, didn't have to take as many credits. So I would get to the gym 6 a.m., work out till 730, go to my dad's house who lived just down the street from Mountain View High School and I'd nap for about an hour, go to school, and then I would pretty much the same thing after school, get what I needed to do, get it done, and then I would get more shots up or another lift in. So, And I will give credits where it's due. Colby, Coach Colby Blaine at College of Idaho a lot of times would come work me out sophomore through senior year in the mornings, which was awesome. He didn't have to do that. He was driving by Mountain View High School. And he would come help me out. And I would not be where I'm at today without him. And I'm greatly appreciative for that, what he did Dude, for me. Man, you just, you just name dropped a couple of people. Shout out Colby Blaine. It's literally one year to the week that I had him on the show. I love Colby. Uh, he and I played high school basketball against each other back in the day when he was in high school. He's a year older than me. But um, it's just crazy. Like, I had him on the show a year ago. I've had Jacob Bauer on the show. Jacob uh, – so, so Bauer, dude, he's a monster, man. He was a senior when I was a sophomore, but I, I mean, I grew up, played against him, and then still, like, in City League ball, we still play against each other. The dude is a monster, and Sammy Christian, Christensen, just, just shout out to all those dudes, Sammy, Jake, Colby. Those are good dudes to surround yourself with, man. Um, a lot of respect for every single one of them, but I love how Sammy and Jake were, you know, it, they're in there at their age getting the thing done, and you're in there with them getting your thing done. I, I mean, it's just good people to be around. I think that's so dope. Um Sammy this morning actually over at oh yeah yeah getting some lifting in and then I'll be in there in the morning tomorrow to go get on the court with him oh dope dude yeah cool. I, I'm a big fan of Sammy he's always been super respectful and I have a massive amount of respect for him so tell him I said what up uh when you see Definitely. him uh here's the thing then you know as a high school student I'm coaching club ball right now I coach for Idaho Premier and one of the things that I've realized you know I'm trying to help the kids understand this they're 16 17 years old right now going into their sophomores and junior years of, of school currently and some of them already kind of have the work ethic down but some of them are still learning that uh the importance of getting the work in like you're you have to sometimes you know kind of dedicate your life to that you're going in the morning you're staying at night sometimes and then you're still getting homework done which means you have to sacrifice you have to sacrifice a little bit of sleep or you have to sacrifice the night before if you really want to get up and go get those things done you're gonna have to sacrifice some time when the, the going gets tough, especially in high school, Jalen, I want to see if you can give us some advice here for any athlete out there. How did you push yourself on the mornings where you didn't want to get up? You know, the mornings you didn't want to get up because you're like, ah, if I could just sleep in, I can go to school. I'd be, you know, I need to have that like fresh in mind, whatever. How did you keep going when on the mornings that you didn't want to go? Um, 
big part of that for me was taking my Wednesdays off. I knew I needed a midweek break mentally, physically, so that I could be at 100%. But another part of it for me was I knew what my goals were. I knew I wanted to win Gatorade Player of the Year, which I didn't. I wanted to win Conference Player of the Year, which I did win. And that those were my goals. And I knew to do that, I had to give my 100% off the court. So then when I was on the court, when I was giving my 100% and I gave my 100% leading up to that moment, win or lose, played bad, played good, I knew I was content with myself because I had done everything I could leading up to that moment. There was nothing more to do. And that's what motivation. That's so cool. You knew your goals. You knew what you wanted. But I like that you did mention you gave yourself a break. Some people grind till they die. Um, and I think like the grind, hustle mentality, that kind of thing, that's great. But you do have to understand you have to have a break. And, and even if that's just one day in the middle of the week, boom, reset, and then go after it so you can give 100% all the time. I think that was also key. So anybody who's listening right now, take notes. Whether you're an athlete that I coach or you're somebody else listening across the globe, make sure you're taking notes of what Jalen said right there. Uh, make your goals. You know what your goals are what it's going to take to accomplish them. And then also let your body and your mind rest a little bit too. Maybe if it's a midweek break, you know, as you go into college ball, you're over at college of Idaho and we've talked about college of Idaho on this show uh, before. Like I said, last year we had Colby Blaine on and I've been following that program for quite some time. It used to actually be a laughing stock. I'll be real. Like 2010, um, I had gotten home from a church mission and I got home and we were playing in a three on three basketball tournament. And there's these kids from, you know, Albertson's College, College of Idaho, and they're playing, and we were just schooling them. Uh, a bunch of guys that, you know, we all played in high school together, but we're like four or five years removed from high school, and we're still just schooling these kids. And we're like, man, this is a laughing stock. What is this school? Since then, however, it has built to be a national, nationally known program, a very well built program. And Colby Blaine kind of continued to elevate that program as he took over. And I want to know from you, because now that's not a laughing stock. College of Idaho is a legitimate program, but some some people think the NAIA and just like anything that's not Division One isn't the real deal. But obviously, you're a hooper and you went over there. Talk to us about your experience at College of Idaho. I think you were three seasons there, if I'm not mistaken. So talk to us about what you learned there and how that helped you with your game and what the whole experience was there. I truly loved my experience at the College of Idaho. It's unfortunate that the school's just a little bit too close and I just knew too many people and I kind of felt like I was still in high school and that was ultimately what led to me leaving. But basketball, academic-wise, I was treated with so much respect over there and the community of Caldwell loves College of Idaho and starting with Coach Garson in 2013, 14, I believe, when he really started to make C of I a powerhouse like it was back in the 90s and everything prior to that. And then continued with Coach Blaine when he took the job over my freshman year. And just the pride they have, the amount of work that the athletes on all sports, especially basketball, put in to maintain that NAI powerhouse status is just unreal. At C of I, you really do push yourself to be the best athlete you can be. And that's one thing I respect Coach Blaine for is he wasn't going to force you to get in the gym, but you knew it was kind of implied. If you see your teammates getting in there, you're going to go get in there too. And I just really loved that. And then the NAIA, yeah, a lot of people talk down on If you're not a D1 athlete, D2, NAIA, ultimately 
for me, it's just going to where you're going to play. And I had some potential D1 opportunities, but I would rather go play 30 minutes a game and be able to shoot and go do what I do best opposed to struggling to get on the court and competing with some of these other guys. And that's what it was for me. It's just going where you're going to be the happiest and where you're going to be loved and where you can leave a legacy and a great resume, right? If I go to a different school, I'm not going to be an NAIL All-American or All-Conference or like lead a team in scoring. And that's truly what it was for me. So, Man, what was your favorite memory at College of Idaho? Because you were there during some really good runs uh, that they had. So talk to us about your favorite memory. Was there a game or a practice or anything that stands out to you from your time there? Um, Both of the conference championships, for sure. Those were awesome, especially my sophomore year. That was good to beat Oregon Tech on our home court. Very good team. Another very good NAIA school who I'm sure we'll see in the national tournament this year. And But I think my favorite one would be freshman year. Um, we played Cornerstone in the second round, so round of 16, I believe. And we were down the whole game, 14 with – it was 14 or 13 points with four minutes left. They had a big who had 40 points on us. And ultimately, all of our bigs on our team fouled out, so I got subbed in and I had played seven, eight minutes that game. And he was driving on me, and he kind of like lost his balance and threw it and turned it over and we came back and we were winning at that point and we came back and won and we were just down the whole game. And that was probably my favorite moment to go. The turnover probably wasn't my fault. It was him losing his balance, but it was still like, yeah, I was, I was there for that. You know, that's probably what it would be. That's so sick. Those are such good memories that you can remember, like, and talk about later on too, as, as you just, those fun times um, competing uh, the competitive side, you know, a lot of people, Jalen, they talk about, um, they talk about the wins and stuff. And we, we love the winning as an athlete, as a true competitor, we learn a lot of life lessons through losses. Is there anything you've learned, whether it be through high school, you know, as, as the five ASIC player of the year, that's a huge accomplishment, but were there any losses there or even in college, a loss that taught you a lot and how did you overcome that? So that the athletes here can understand, like, you're going to have peaks and valleys in sports, uh, just like life, peaks and valleys. There's there's the highs, the highs, lows, the lows. But how do you get out of those those valleys? How do you come back up to the peaks? Um, for me, when I would when we would lose, it was it kind of for me. I would really lock in a film afterwards, or just see what led to that loss. Especially this last season, we played William Jessup right after Christmas break, and I came back and shot the worst I'd ever shot. And I had an opportunity to that Blaine drew up this play for me. I was wide open on the three, and I missed way short. That bricked off the front rim. And I probably shot that weekend six for 22 or something. It was just terrible. And kind of lock into the film and watch what I could do better. So then next time when teams defend me like that or play me like that, I knew what to do so I could translate from the film to practice and workouts to the game. And after those two losses, I had played the best stretch of basketball I probably ever have. And I think the losses in that sense or playing bad like that is good because it makes you realize how you need to improve yourself and how you need to humble yourself a little bit so that next time you see that team or a team that's going to defend you like that, you know how to handle it. I love it, man. Um, 
another thing that sticks out to me about team sports specifically is uh, being a good teammate. And I want to know that from you. Like, what does that mean to be a good teammate? And how can you display that for your team? Because I've I've been around even at the professional level uh, covering professional sports side by side with some of these teams that I cover um, being there. Even they struggle with that at times. It's all great when everyone's winning. But if somebody makes a mistake or the it looks like the game's getting out of hand now, I'll hear the bickering. I see the fighting that's happening on the sideline. I see the, the you know, the, the heads go down and, you know, the, the body language looks terrible. And you see that and, and you realize like, man, they did not build the healthy habits when they were younger. So I want to know from you, Jalen, what does it mean to be a good teammate and how do you display that? Definitely. And first off, going off of that, that's why I'm so excited about my new location and where I'm at, the positivity and the work ethic that surrounds with my teammates down at Loyola is absolutely incredible. And it makes you want to be a better teammate. In specific, there's one of my teammates named Zach Reitzel, and he's very positive. And he was a NAI All-American last year, um, second team All-American. And kind of just seeing that, you can tell everyone else kind of follows that lead, and especially myself. The importance of doing that, you got to understand that everyone has a different talent level. Everyone else isn't where you're at or they might be further ahead and you've got to know how to bring them up and lead them. And I wasn't always perfect. My senior year of high school, I wasn't the best. I think I progressively got better through my time at C of I. And I think I'm at my best now here at Loyola. And it's just awesome to see the relationships that can be built on and off the court with being a positive teammate. So, yeah. Yeah, see, being positive is huge. And I to this day, I'm 33 years old. And even if I'm just competing in a Bam Jam tournament or City League basketball or whatever it may be, I still struggle with it at times. Um, but it's one of those things, if you can train yourself to be positive, even when the moments are tough, you know, being positive doesn't necessarily mean you have to be unrealistic. If somebody makes a mistake, okay, like they know they made a mistake, but being positive, it's not going to help to be negative. It's not, they need to pick me up. You know what I mean? And uh, that's the thing. You got to always be positive even when the times are tough and that will help your teammates at least stay level headed. It's not going to necessarily be like, Oh, I'm in a great mood now because I, you know, whatever happened, no, but it'll at least keep them level headed. And that's how you, at least how I've seen the best teams can weather the storm. If they're remaining level headed in the face of adversity, that's really cool to hear too. So we got to give a shout out to your teammate there, by the way, I'll have to tag him in this post. Um, so Jalen, I, I also am very, very impressed. I've always been impressed with your ability to shoot the ball at six foot seven. You're able to shoot the ball. You're listed as a forward um, at the next level of basketball collegiate ball. I'm sure they'll put you on the wing and stuff too. Cause like that, usually that's what happens when I talked to Jerry Stackhouse on my show. One of the things he told me was when he got drafted, which a lot of people didn't realize when he got drafted to the NBA, he at North Carolina, he played the four his whole life, but he was undersized. He's like six, eight, six, nine, maybe he's like six, six to six, eight, whatever depends uh, on the, on the listing. But whoever you're looking at for the listing, but he gets drafted to the NBA and that's a wing. That's not, that's not a forward in the NBA at all. That's a wing. And so he wasn't used to guarding on the wing and he wasn't used to shooting on the wing. He was always playing in the post like 15 feet in. And so he didn't, it took him a while. Jerry Stackhouse, but a lot of people didn't realize it took him a long time to adjust to the, to the game. Cause he had to play the three instead of the four. But what I've always been interested in is when the big guys, guys who are six, six and above, and maybe within six, six to six, nine, at the next level, they're going to have to shoot the ball. You can shoot the ball. I tell my kids that all the time. You're able to shoot the ball. So have you always been a shooter? 
Or is this something that you've had to continuously work on? Because you can be trusted to have the ball at the three-point line. Guys are drawing up plays for you to shoot the ball at three-point line. You're shooting over 40% from the three-point line, which is absurd. Like, that's a good skill set to have. So talk to us about your shooting, because shooting is so important in basketball. Um. Yeah, no, I was not always a good shooter. Um. My dad kind of set the base for me when I was younger and kind of helped me out. My dad was a pretty good shooter. He had a pretty soft touch. So he kind of showed me the proper basics with form and mechanics and all that. And it was really a struggle throughout high school because my freshman year when I was on the freshman team, I shot 10 for 50 from three. And then sophomore year on varsity was pretty average. And it was pretty average all throughout high school. And it was nothing crazy. My senior year, I did not shoot too good from the three-point line. It got really good once I got to college. And it's just started all the way back in third, fourth grade when my dad showed me and things kind of finally started to come together freshman year, heading into freshman year of college. And also I think another big thing was it was a confidence. I just kind of started shooting looser and not trying to be so structured. And especially this last year shooting 43% or whatever it was from three, like just kind of letting it fly. And if you miss it, you're going to get it again and you're going to shoot it again. So it was really a long, long time coming and also watching a lot of videos about Kevin Durant and Kobe just seeing what they did to make their shot where it was at. I dig that. See, th- there's another lesson. For if you're a younger guy who's playing and you might be, you know, you're not the greatest shooter, but maybe you're a good athlete, keep working at it. Um, but what I like that you just touched base on is confidence. I think that's huge. That's a huge, um, huge concept in sports is confidence. Jalen, knowing what you know now, as you've developed quite well in the, in the, the basketball world, especially in the, the last like three or four years of your basketball career from your senior year of high school, all the way through now confidence. How do you develop that? Developing the confidence really. I think that's just all a mental game, really putting in the work beforehand so that when you get to the game or where you want to be, get to practice the game, you know you've done your stuff. You know you've done the most you can. And when you get there, you know what you can do. Like, I know a lot of guys before some games in high school and college look down and be like, oh, yeah, that guy's good. And in my mindset, go, yeah, oh, yeah, that forward's pretty good. But at the end of the day, he's got to guard me too, right? So, like, that's where the confidence really comes in. Like, yeah, this guy may be good, but at the end of the day, he's got to try and guard me. So, good luck. Like that's really where my confidence comes in. I kind of just worry about myself, really. I dig that. I dig that a lot, man. I I just wish everybody could understand that because I I truly believe what hindered me all the way up till my senior year in high school, like was confidence. And then my senior year in high school, I got super super confident, and there was that right. Like I was always confident my senior year, but I wish I would have been more confident earlier. And I see a lot of kids who struggle to progress. They struggle to progress early on. And a lot of it's just confidence. They're not confident in their themselves. They, they shell up their practice, all Americans, but when it comes to game time, they shell up. So they're not, they're not a game time, all American, they're practice, all Americans. And unfortunately that, that happens to, I would imagine the majority of athletes, whether you're a basketball player, football player, whatever, you're really good in practice, but when the lights are on, you, you, you collapse and uh, confidence is just huge. I think it's super, super important. Yeah. Um, And Oh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but like, Going back to that point, 
for me, like this last year, we got to play five D1 games, right? And it kind of, before that, kind of talked with my dad going, yeah, let's, what have you done like all these years? You have nothing to lose. Just go out, be confident, go play hard. And I played some of my best games against Boise State and Utah State this last year and Seattle University, like three schools that I had no business potentially playing as well as I did and then going and playing some games that I'll never forget and statistically speaking, some of the best games I ever played. So, like, yeah, just confidence. You have nothing to lose. So, I dig that. When you went out against those D1 schools, did you ever – like, was there a feeling like, oh, we don't belong here at all? Or did you kind of realize, like, we can hang with these guys. We're not that – they're not that much better than us, right? They're not that much better just because they have a D1 label. Yeah, uh, I think the biggest part was the fact that they had more scholarships, so their bench was deeper, and that's what got us. But if you look at the guys who said, yeah, we belong here, we all played really good. And the guys who were maybe a little bit hesitant did not play as good. The guys who didn't have as much confidence or physically like couldn't hang with it athletically did not play as good. But I felt personally that I belonged and I don't mean that to be cocky at all. I felt against Utah State and Boise State that I belonged there. And I look back at it now, and like I said earlier, I gave my 100%, and I'm content with how I played. And we were beating Utah State with, what, eight minutes left in the game <laughs> at C of I last year. So, like, yeah, we felt we belonged. And ultimately, they had a nice little run with a lot of their bench depth. So... But, you know, it's all right. It was good times. We enjoyed it. So, Dude, I love that. I love hearing that kind of stuff, man. I just want people to hear this and take notes and realize, like, yeah, like it might be a label of D1, but there's a lot of things. Like the little point that you brought up right there, just scholarships equals depth. People don't realize that the casual fan might not understand that. But that's the difference sometimes between a D1 university and an NAIA school. It's like you've got depth because of scholarships like that's a simple concept but people just don't realize that like that can make a difference but it doesn't mean that their starting five is leaps and bounds uh, you know ahead of maybe your starting five at an AIA school it just sometimes it is but that's not always the case so i think that's super super cool now Jalen, i want to know uh growing up or even now like at your age now who is like somebody that you've looked up to as far as like a player or maybe a mentor? Who is, who is your mentor and why? Um, I had two, my dad, Jermaine Galloway, who played at DePaul university of San Francisco and has finished up his last year at college of Idaho or Albertson college at the time. So he had kind of always motivated me and set the groundwork for, my work ethic and I've watched his work ethic within his job and family. And that pretty much motivated me to kind of be where he's at and to have a couple D one family members. Like I didn't want to be left out. Right. I didn't want to be a non collegiate athlete. So, and he also told me at a young age, like I'm not giving you money for school. So you better make it free or you're just not going or you're going to pay. So to make it free was another motivation. And that's what he helped me out with right there. And then my cousin, Jonathan Galloway, played at UC Irvine and was three-time Big West Defense Player of the Year. And he now plays, and he's just signed in Turkey. So he just got there a couple weeks ago. And he's also been a motivation. I think it was a little bit easier for me with him because 
I watched him throughout high school. We were, he was a freshman in college while I was a freshman in high school. So got getting to learn from him and watch him and see his collegiate success really motivated me. And he's very positive. So much, he's probably my best friend. So we, that's big help. Everything he did. And my dad, of course. That's so dope. We might need to get Jonathan on the show here too. Just talking about ball overseas too. Now, is that the ultimate goal for you, Jalen? Do you, do you have plans to to play after college is over or do you think you're going to take your life elsewhere as far as uh, the game of basketball is concerned? Uh, it's pretty up in the air. I love basketball, but I also love um, really, I don't, it's, it's, that's so hard. Cause I, I see him and I watch his games and I go, that would be so fun. But my passion, I have two of them. I really want to be an executive in like pro sports. That's a long way there, but I believe I could eventually do it or try to be an athletic director at a university one day. And those are my goals. And I think after college, I have two years left of eligibility, that might be the path I try and take. And if that path ends up not interesting me or I'm kind of bored with that and I don't like it, I think it would be the Marines or Air Force. Some Somewhere in that area is what I want to do. So for overseas ball, I'd probably have to say no um, because I think I would want to try and get started in working in the military or pro sports, athletic director, something like that. Man, it's kind of cool. It goes back to what you said earlier, you know, wherever God takes you, you know, but you've got these plans um, as far as like where you want to go. And I think that's awesome. I commend you for that. You have, you, you know, obviously stellar athlete, you're playing ball. It's what's paying for school. Uh, but you do have aspirations outside of that. And I think that's super, super cool. So I want to ask you a question outside of sports. What is your favorite thing? And what is your biggest leadership trait outside of sports? Like what is your, your biggest trait that you probably have that you bring to society? Maybe a, a, a you know, a college is listening right now and they're listening to this and they want to know what you can bring to them later on. Uh, why do you think you bring that to them? Like what's your biggest, you know, personality or leadership trait that you could bring? I think, I believe just like my father, I'm a natural born leader. I think I can get people to follow me. I really do in a positive way. The most negative part of my life was probably on the court and that's what would get me like the most angry or heated and that's why i brought up zach reitzel because he him and ivory miles williams kind of helped me become a positive leader on the court and i think just leading people and giving advice to people is why i want to be an executive or an athletic director because i want to help younger people within and outside of sports and i think that's what i do best such as coach saner had me speak to his basketball players this summer and you could tell who really listened and there's a few of them that text me and still text me or that I still see asking for advice and you just have to reach one who reaches their 100% and I think that's what I do best and I still have lots of room to grow in that but that's what I do best and I worked at Title One this summer as an intern within sales and I saw their motto within their company and the leaders in that company. And you can take that to so many aspects of life with just the positivity and treating everyone as an equal and not saying employees and saying team members or team leaders. 
And I think I could do that in a sports environment as an athletic director or in the military. And that's really why those two areas are kind of drawing and why I hope I can get a job in one of those two areas. That is huge. I just want to commend you for that because there is one thing that you said right there that stands out to me. So in my full-time job, I am a manager. I, I, I have a team that I work alongside, but the one thing I learned about what was it 2014 is when I got my very first corporate leadership position where I was managing a team. And one of the things that my leader on that team, my boss told me was, you know, the verbiage that you use with your, your team members that you're managing, right? In customer service, for example, people will call them agents. They'll call them agents, right? Instead of calling them representatives, like these are customer service representatives, but we're going to call them agents, which makes them sound like a number. And the one thing I always took to heart, which kind of reminded me of that when you said this was instead of calling people customer service agents, call them a representative because they represent a company, little things like that. Call them a representative, call them a team member. Um, instead of saying, you know, they work under me, say they work alongside me. Those types of things that you use with verbiage is so important. It's just so important um, in all aspects of life. And you you already have that figured out. I was 28 at the time when I figured that out. But you've already kind of figured that out. Just the little things that you're picking up on at Title I and, and these things that you can bring. So there's no doubt about it that you'll be able to you know, bring those skill sets to the world uh, when your basketball playing days happen to be over. So I think that's super cool, Jalen. I just wanted to point that out. It's like, that clicked with me. And when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, you already figured that out. So here's, <laughs> here's one thing. You're wearing a select basketball shirt. Uh, did you play Did you play club ball when you were growing up? I did. It uh, started with Hoop Dreams under Roberto Bergeson, who I remember, I think eighth grade. I wasn't very good at basketball in the eighth grade, by the way. So we'll just put that out there. It was very goofy. He kind of all the teams were together, the A team and the B team. And I was on the B team. And he looked at all of us this is one thing I remember. And he said, Jalen, you are going to be a great college basketball player one day in front of everyone. He had no business saying that just out of the blue. I was like, wow, now like I really need to be a good college basketball player. Right. And he kind of told me that. And that kind of set the tone for where I'm at now. And then in high school, I played for Clint Hordeman and, select basketball so yeah okay dude there's so it's so cool for me because the names you've been dropping like i know all these guys right roberto was my idol when i was in fourth grade he was at boise state he was my favorite basketball player in the entire world i shoot the way that i shoot because of roberto burks and i changed my shot in the fourth grade because of berto he was my absolute favorite player so i brought him on my show four years ago when the show first started four and a half years ago and I interviewed him about his collegiate career. Then when he went to the NBA, and then when he played overseas, I got to interview him about the entire Portland Trailblazers experience and everything. We talked about hoop dreams and whatnot. So to hear that he had that impact on you is huge because he was my favorite player of all time growing up. That was back when Ryland was two years old. So that's what's crazy to me. It's like, dude, like it was forever ago. And uh, now he's got kids all over and, you know, they're all older and they're hoopers. And now he's at Eastern Washington and he's making an impact over there. But to see that he had that impact on you is awesome. Same thing with Clint Horderman. Clint Horderman's mother was my my sixth grade PE teacher. I always followed Clint all through Boise State days. Always watched him play because that was during the same era as Roberto and Booker and all these guys. And you got to play under two amazing human beings. But I do want to ask you, um, club ball. Obviously, I coach club ball, but I want to know your perspective as a player, now a collegiate athlete, a very good one at that. 
<coughs> what's your what's your thoughts on club ball? Is it helpful? Um, is it is it something that you would encourage other basketball players to take part in if they have the opportunity? Of course, I think club ball is the best thing for other athletes, given the opportunities that they can financially afford it and be willing to go out there and do it. Because I'm just going to let anyone that's listening right now, ever since I spent two weeks down in New Orleans before the hurricane sent me back up here. And the first thing I can tell you right now is the intensity of basketball down there is incredibly different. The mindset, the drive that a lot of athletes have on and off the court is unreal. I My intensity has gone through the roof the second I stepped on that court because I know who I am and I need to compete. And that really started in club ball when you'd go play other athletes from all around the world. And they want to take your spot and you want to take their spot. And that's my one issue. I love Idaho, but a lot of Idaho basketball high school down college down it's just it's kind of a passive mindset and my dad told me this my cousin told me this that there's a lot of dogs out there and idaho i think it's on its way but idaho does not have that dog mindset and outside of coach saner i also worked out with big man paul this summer um a lot of you guys know him he played at montana state and overseas for a little bit and he kind of brings that intensity. So he kind of helped me out to where I am now so that when I go down to New Orleans, I fit right in. And I know it's probably even more different the further down south I go. So, yeah, that's really – I think club ball is huge. I think a lot of people need to get out and experience it so you understand who your competition is, not just locally but on a global level. I am so I, – I echo that. You know, I – um. Born and raised in Idaho, but uh, even just coaching club ball, it's good for coaches too. Cause even coaching club ball, you go down some of these schools that or some of these kids that come up from like, we go down to Vegas and they're coming up from California. And I'll tell you, Jalen, I was like surprised this year because we had this one kid on one of these teams who's literally a freshman. He's six foot six, well-developed freshman already. I'm like, dude, this kid's literally going to do his freshman year in high school. He's an eighth grader. I'm thinking to myself, this is a middle schooler still to me. And he is out there torching our team. Who's full of sophomores and juniors in high school. And he's six foot six can shoot the ball, can drive. He can do all these things. And I'm like, this is a potential D1 athlete. It, you know, assuming he continues on with his career and develops, but I'm like, I had such a respect for that. It's a whole different ball game. And that's just somebody from California all the way across the, the United States. I think it's so important for kids to have that experience. You know, you get to see like, okay, so that's somebody. And and when you get to the next level of basketball, there's going to be more of those guys. And then you get to the next level of basketball, it's going to be more of those guys. And you're going to have to learn that that's the norm. That's the new norm. <laughs> that's just what it is. Yeah. You're have to, that's just what it is. That's the reality <laughs> of it. If you want to play at the next level. They, um, and they you better than them. They don't care. Exactly. They, they do not care. And they want to punch you basically on the court and destroy you. And you, you got to love it. Like, I love that. Club ball was the most fun time of my life. I love college basketball. I think it's a blast. But playing club ball and getting to travel in the brotherhood with your teammates. And I was lucky to play with kids from Montana, too, because Select is Idaho and Montana and wherever else. So the brotherhood you get to create. And, yeah, it's awesome just getting to go play guys like that. So, 
That's so awesome, man. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm just, I, I like to hear it from the players' perspectives because you know, you never know. As a coach, I think it's amazing, but uh, as a as a player, I don't know. I, I didn't get to have, I didn't get to play club ball back then because we literally had Idaho Select was brand new, and we had Boise Flight, and those were the only two club teams, and that meant like everybody from the state of Idaho. Those are the two squads you got to go on. It wasn't like it is now where there's a club on every corner. Like it's not like that. It, it's it was a lot different back then. But I I love seeing it. I love seeing the uh, athletes get an opportunity to play better competition. So. As we wrap up the interview, Jalen, which has been amazing, by the way, um, I'm going to ask you one question. If you could choose, you know, one of like the one life lesson, the biggest life lesson, I should say, that sports have taught you in the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, what would it be? Um, I would say for me, it would be to really be realistic with yourself because a lot of people aren't or a lot of people have people set goals for them that aren't realistic and what i mean by be realistic is before every season sit down and write out your goals of what is realistic for you and this is what i still do how many points you think an average rebounds what your team goals are like my team goal at loyola i didn't mention this but Last year, they lost to LC State in the Elite Eight at the national tournament by five in overtime. So they very well could have made the national championship. And so my team goal is to go win a national championship. It's realistic. We're bringing the whole roster back and another All-American who already has two All-Americans on that roster over there. So that's realistic for us and very attainable. But for me... I need to be realistic with myself with what I can do. And I know my abilities are. So it's pretty simple. You don't hear it a lot. But for me, it's really helped me out because I had didn't set my goals too high or too low. I've put them right where I believe they're attainable. And then once I've attained them, whenever that happens, scratch that new goals, set it even a little bit higher and then a little bit higher to then where you get to a point where like, yes, like I'm doing it in a realistic way and you're not just disappointing yourself, but of course you're going to fail, but just keep being realistic with yourself. And that's how things worked out for me. I dig it. I dig it. I, I love, I love the parallels between sports and life. That's a huge one right there. Be realistic with yourself and make your goals for yourself, but be realistic. Uh, too often. I think in this world, people have way unrealistic goals and expectations now i think you, you should always shoot for the stars but sometimes you got to have those steps in between to prepare you for that level and by being realistic and setting those goals and going you have something that you can, those micro goals if you will you're attaining those and then you can attain those other goals and move forward but then i like how you also said then you reevaluate you reassess okay you've already achieved those okay well let's not get complacent let's continuously progress i dig that that's awesome jalen hey Awesome. I just want to say thank you, brother. I just want to say thank you so much for joining the show and, and being willing to share your story with us. Cause I, I personally have been, you know, following you. I know who you are, but um, I'm just glad you got to share that on my, on my platform so that we can get that out to more people. And so just want to say, thanks, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's, it's been awesome to get on a local podcast. So yeah, love it. Heck yeah, brother. Heck yeah. For those who are listening, hopefully you guys enjoyed this as well. Make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you leave me a review on Apple podcast so that we can get the, the show out to more people. And stay tuned because we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.